0: Hey everyone, you're listening to another episode of Big Shiny Takes. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Wickham, and I'm joined, as always, by my two friends, uh, Marino Greco. Uh, hola. (laughs) And my other friend, Jeremy Appel. Hey. It's always good to be joined by my two wonderful friends. I always say two wonderful friends, and it's like, it's just become a habit. Well, it's because you only have two friends. (laughs) I have three friends. We're also joined on this episode, this is a good segue, uh, by a researcher and the host of Invisible Institutions, a uh, podcast on the Harbinger Media Network, Megan Linton. Welcome to the Big Shiny Takes Institute. Um, we're glad to have you.
1: So glad to be here.
0: And so there's, there's been a few things happening in the news lately. I feel like we have to touch on a few of them. I think we're probably discoursed out after this past storm on twitter from the last couple of days but i do feel like there are a few things worth mentioning one the thing that everybody's talking about because no news has happened except for this thing and then also the things that the news is not mentioning we should probably mention i guess i'll come out and say the one that everybody knows about how do i say this um a friend a podcaster um, a colonial figurehead, symbolic of the pain and destruction caused by the English Empire. The Queen has passed away. It has been what, twenty four hours, and uh, and it's the only thing that we've been able to discuss for twenty four hours. Wait, she died. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm no. hearing,
2: I'm hearing this for the first time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: and,
2: you know, no
1: idea. Allegedly, twenty four hours.
2: Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she lived what else can you say she lived a wonderful life whether you agree with her or not uh yeah no i was actually watching uh the bills uh beat the uh la rams so i you know i was i was busy focusing on things that matter
0: oh right 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 (laughs) right don't say that to the monarchists in uh canadian news because they will have your head um i got blocked by (laughs) michael corin this morning morning
2: is michael corin a monarchist
0: i guess so um if he's not a monarchist he's he's monarchist adjacent and very sensitive because i didn't even say anything insulting So he's he definitely used to be a
2: monarchist when he was like a right wing like culture warrior. Now he's like a you know a lib. So I guess monarchism is sort of one toxic trait that stayed with him.
0: To be like one of those like I left the right types. What you have to do is then land in you know kind of centrist lib territory, right? Where they're you have to be a respectable loser. Yeah. Yeah yeah you have to end up being like one of those guys that's just like I'm here for a common sense right And so I can understand the Reverend Michael Corrin being really into hierarchy and uh, people with magic blood um, being <laughs> the heads of states right like I, I kind of I understand that. Yeah. It's very funny because for anyone who's like really living in the real
3: world or understands that there are a lot of people who are ambivalent to celebratory about this uh, monarch's death, a monarch, like that's also being lost as we tout her as a symbol of democracy, which is also weird. I just think it's so... I wish that we were past this idea of like, oh, we have to, it's our duty to drop everything and give 100% of our attention to this thing and paint it glowingly. My parents have been watching Global and CNN nonstop for the past two days, and it is nightmarish. You would think that Ireland doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, or Africa, or and -hmm. and that's what that's what's been really interesting to me, and like somewhat comical is the uh, disparity between like white, liberal, wealthy uh, boomers in Canada's perceptions of the monarchy, and then like everyone else in the world who's actually like, no, she was a murderous piece of shit, and I hope her death was painful, which is what I agree with.
1: There's so many, like, chaotic articles that were written, and I don't remember which is which anymore, but I read one today that was like, amidst chaos, Elizabeth. And then it, like, listed a list of things that British colonialism was, like, responsible for. They're like, but amidst all this chaos, Elizabeth was our queen. Yeah, <laughs> like <It> was like, <laughs> yeah, so you're just listing all the atrocities that she committed, like... <laughs>
2: It's like whether you love her or hate her, you have to admit she was around.
0: Like she, she and, was and, definitely it, there.
2: Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> like literally, like there is no argument for monarchism, right? You can't even have that discussion with people because they start crying about how you're being mean to like an old lady. But like the only like all the tributes I've seen from you know the types of people I just described have been well you know she was just around for our entire lives and it's like so fucking what so cancer has been around for our entire lives and you don't see us fucking trying to prevent a cure because it's just there
0: i you know um you know radical twitter shit head that i am um i think that we shouldn't have a queen or a king um which we now have but apparently that's that's too much
1: but what about us different silly third thing
2: <laughs> Yeah, like a president
0: or like I could get behind like um an animal as like our actual head of state a nice duck or something but I mean that's not gonna get past all the the big serious people that run our country right the duck would do too good of a job and uh, they'd be out of business we should probably talk about things that actually happened. I mean yes. um, Wait, you're saying the Queen didn't actually
3: die?
2: No <laughs> The Queen's not real. The Queen never existed. This is uh, this is a gag? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Historians,
3: I think they live like 200 years. So.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the real news that got coverage for about a day before the Queen kicked the bucket, there was uh, an extremely violent event out in Saskatchewan. It was James Smith Cree Nation uh, in in Saskatchewan where there was a mass stabbing event, and then there was a multi day manhunt for oh God. Uh, yeah. the the perpetrators of this event. And I mean, it's like this horrific thing that happened, and it will not be talked about on the news. Yeah, it's pretty wild because there are some considerable
3: parallels to, you know, that other very controversial RCMP bungled mass shooting out in Nova Scotia, where there was just like, you know, if you watch the play by play of how that whole manhunt went down, it's like they were looking for them for a long time, just like, it seemed like they took like two days or something to even go to the nation and like check the guys houses. And then the one guy was found dead, just in the field. Sure. And then the second guy was actually apprehended live and then died in police custody. And now they're not saying anything about it, which is, you know, I guess, you know, you know what? I guess that's whatever, you know, nothing, no further questions needed. Well, didn't they
2: say what he had? He had medical complications or what was the exact word they used? It was it was very, that was, yeah, that was odd. like
3: about as specific as they got.
2: The precise words were um, somehow he went into medical distress. Right. And he died. Now, um, of course, the Porto Peak shooting that Marino alluded to came out that uh, Gabriel Wortman, the shooter, was an RCMP aspect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to wonder now, whenever something happens like this, was this just another, like... Uh, uh, like, I'm not saying it was, like, an inside job or anything, right? There's no evidence of that in part of people no. shooting. But the, the 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 bizarre response to it does suggest, like, okay, the cops wanted or were struggling to figure out how to deal with their asset, who had clearly gone rogue, right? Mm. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that this uh, James Smith Crenation, uh stabbing spree was that um, uh, Miles... Uh, that miles sanderson was like an rcmp asset but i mean it raises questions right like the these questions and the fact that these things are just like swept under the rug Mm -hmm. if you're following the part of peak mass inquiry you know it 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 makes people I, i mean this is why people go off the deep end and believe like insane conspiracy theories like that covid isn't real right it's because there are conspiracies they're happening like in front of our eyes and if you're not someone who's like a disciplined like critical thinker it, it 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 it's hard to to separate the actual conspiracies from the the you know the far
3: out crazy stuff at worst or like sorry in the best case scenario with this saskatchewan thing There is some considerable incompetence, clearly, and who knows what else. It warrants more attention and more scrutiny and more questions to be asked of it from journalists to do their job, not to like, well, that's what needed to be done this week a lot more, not for everyone to stop everything and put out a bunch of canned material, waxing nostalgic about some old colonizer
1: yeah i think there was like one day of coverage and then it was really taken up by so many people to be a justification for longer sentencing for um not releasing more people and just like for enforcing carcerality as the response to this um and i think like that is obviously what we're going to see more of instead of, like, why the fuck did this happen and why did it take so long to stop? It's going to be how come he was released from prison because he was formerly incarcerated. And, like, obviously that's not the solution. And obviously there's so many more important questions to ask here, but that will be the one, that has been the one that the, that journalist focused on for the hour that they covered it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I just, I feel like there's totally been a missed opportunity to talk about police accountability in this in this country because, uh, I mean, I covered, I covered a small town <laughs> for about a year and there were stories like this that happened where someone got taken into custody after you know dumping a body on the side of the road and three days later after being arrested, ended up dead in prison. And then there was no further investigation on the story. And the police said that they would not talk further on the matter. And the case was closed and nobody ever heard about it because it happened in a town of 6,000 people. And this is just happening. And there's no follow through because journalists are not equipped with the tools to leverage accountability from like institutions like the, the RCMP or the OPP. Right? It's really, really grim.
2: Yeah, and I saw a friend of the show, Colby Kosh, um, wrote a piece uh, talking about how this shows how disgraceful the Canadian justice system is. Of course, he never used such strong language to say, describe, I don't know, the Iraq war that he supported, um, (laughs) which killed uh, a lot more people than uh, Mr. Sanderson did. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's how it goes, right? It's always just looking at these like sort of microcosmic effects of the society we live in and hyper focusing on them and not pulling back and looking at the big picture of a society that like glorifies violence. Otherwise, Kosh is also, I believe, a, a monarchist I found out recently, which um, is, is, is fucking great. Yeah, nothing disgraceful about the monarchy.
0: There's not, not a single thing, not a single thing comes up never heard of prince andrew but uh <laughs> i'd never really like reckoned with the idea that canadian conservatives are probably all mostly like monarchists
2: canadian liberals too man did you see Dale <laughs> yeah. Smith? that was the funniest shit man that was one of the best and of course my 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 close relative um Moshe Appel, um pledged his allegiance to uh king charles and then deleted it when he was getting dunked on um which um sounds like a pretty disloyal subject to me
0: my my favorite personally was charles adler's selfie of himself crying um
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah actually friend of the show uh ray uh posted on facebook um making fun of it and uh kathleen smith accused him of engaging in toxic masculinity <laughs> for making fun of a man for crying <laughs> it Which, I mean, <laughs>
0: um, it's great like uh if you if anybody at home didn't see that that charles adler post uh we screenshot it because he got bullied into deleting it um <laughs>
2: And apparently, apparently, Kiki was saying that um, he it was part of a thread where he goes on to explain that he was so sad because of uh, his family in the Holocaust, which is like always what everything fucking comes back to you for him. And it's like Queen Elizabeth wasn't the queen during the Holocaust. Uh, King George was the monarch, and uh, he had some interesting thoughts about Hitler. Wonder what those were. <laughs>
0: Oh, there's actually there's one other post that I saw from a, you know, prominence Canadian conservative uh, shit heel. Um, Jonathan K. wrote something incredibly, (laughs) incredibly silly. Um, Let me pull it up. (laughs) Basically reactionarying himself into being a deep monarchist. So this is what he wrote. When I was on the National Post editorial board, I was the cranky Republican anti-monarchist banging on about the accidents of birth. But as I watch sanctimonious social justice harpies react to the Queen's death, I'm wavering. Whatever side these hashtag ghouls are on, I'm on the other. Like, basically (laughs) confirming everyone's suspicion that he doesn't actually have any principles or thoughts. He just kind of does the opposite of what people he dislikes says
3: i love it when people like use town policing and shit and like oh rudeness politics to like attack people and like call them ghouls whereas the thing that they're attacking is literally like a murderous enterprise of colonialism <laughs> like holy
0: <laughs> balls but you don't understand uh, that guy posted kobe crossing over the queen <laughs> and, and yeah that was, like, so that was so good don't understand that's so much meaner um <laughs> Yeah, Kobe was ruthless, man. Blackmail. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I guess I guess we should probably get into this piece where we've already been talking for twenty minutes, but the uh,
1: different ghouls, same vibes.
0: We should talk about Brian Lilly a little bit, actually, because he is a uh, the ghoul de jour, as we like to say here at the Big Shiny Takes Institute. Brian Lilly writes a lot for the Toronto Sun. None of it very good. Often very repetitive. I mean, you can fault him for what he says, but you can't fault him for how much he says it, right? <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> no, he's very he's very prolific.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: He is efficient, and I'm glad that the Toronto Sun doesn't have any like self plagiarism policies. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have any policies. For policies. I think it's that's it's right, free market, baby. <laughs> don't like it. Write your own call.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> just, you can tell it's so lightly edited because as you're hinting at, this column was written already by a person with the name Brian Lilly. But like two weeks ago about a different school. I, I, I'm i like, I'm at a loss for words about this because like this wouldn't fly anywhere else. Well, maybe the National Post, but like, I, even them, like, they would probably, like, catch themselves or, like, put a an extra little tag on it or something. Like, this just felt so lazy.
1: It was honestly inspiring for me. I feel like the thing with Brian Lilly is that he does use so little evidence and so little research and so few other sources, and then he just says in every article, research, <laughs> just vaguely. Um... And doesn't like change any of the the facts that he's bringing forward.
2: But He's also he's always getting scoops, and uh, you know nobody knows why <laughs> from the provincial government.
0: Yeah, he's got a he's got a person on the inside. Uh, sources are saying, um. yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah no. and for those who don't know he's literally well i don't know i don't i don't think he actually is able to have sex but he is living and dating uh doug ford's press secretary ivana yulich is her name yes which is a great name
1: i was just about to say i mean i feel like it, the connection to between like him and the the press secretary that's who she is right
0: Yeah. yeah yeah <sighs>
1: It is like so interesting because in both the articles, it like really cues them up for like the provincial government to to like be upset about it, and so it's it's curious for sure.
0: It's interesting how like Lily has has switched his tact to sort of <laughs> match um, his girlfriend's boss's opinion um throughout the uh the entire pandemic because before all these uh <laughs> all these doctors on the the Ontario science table uh gave up on on covid and stuff and you know mandates and all those things that you know they previously installed to you know keep us safe he was talking about personal choice a lot and how we don't need lockdowns and we need to keep the restaurants open but now now that uh places are having their own policies about wearing masks suddenly brian doesn't think it's that good of an idea to let these places decide without the government intervening
2: yeah no it's really interesting i saw um uh what's his fucking name um andrew lawton uh screeching <laughs> about that doctor on uh who wore a mask on tvo and yeah, you know, I was just like, hold on, aren't aren't you all like, you know, my body, my choice? Like, isn't that her choice? And he's like, well, um, only if you think that also applies to vaccination status. And I'm like, okay, I'm so, not
1: talking about me.
2: <laughs> yeah, so like, no, but that's exactly like the John Kay maneuver where it's like anything that makes libs mad, I I support. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and it's like it's so funny because. I think, like, the doctor in question was, um, Dr. Nilly Kaplan-Burr and she is a doctor in Ottawa. She was on TVO wearing a mask because she was, like, in between clinical visits and, like, I just, like, I cannot personally get over Jen Gerson's takes on this and just, like, imagining her and, like, her, like... Calgary's finest in her little Calgary apartment, like live, play love over her like personal (laughs) desk in her office. And then she, and she says next time she should take her laptop to a coffee shop and do a hit there instead, (laughs) because you can laugh, you can play, you can make friends in a mask. The one thing you cannot do in a mask is appear on a remote video hit without looking. This is from Jen, uh, like a crazy-eyed lunatic. Them's the rules. I'm here all night. Tip your waitress.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Jen Gerson, rules knower. The darling of
2: uh, Calgary's uh, media class, and I, I, that's not an exaggeration. Like, I, like people fucking love her. I remember talking to some journalism prof here for my newsletter. It was on Substack, and she was talking. We were talking about, you know, going on Substack. I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of like really bad journalists on Substack. She's like, yeah, but there's also Jen Gerson, and I was like, you too? Like you're- you teach this stuff?
3: This is when the whole uh, uh, Saskatchewan stabbing news broke. Yeah, just like to one of the things, uh, just like just reporting on the news, someone just replied tagging max Fawcett, like he's oh, yeah. a columnist what's he gonna do go <laughs> out and report so... on the thing he's gonna catch the guy
0: yeah so like with uh with jen on this thing like i thought that was the most clear indication of how out of touch the media in this country is that she's just like why why First of all, like, why is she wearing a mask in her office? Like, it's like her home office with a bunch of medical instruments all around in the background. And then when she was informed that it wasn't actually a home office and she was in between, you know, clinic visits, she's just like, well, she should take off the mask. Like, the air in the office just somehow becomes COVID-free inside a, uh, some sort of um, healthcare care institution. It's just ridiculous that this would command
3: even one like granule of sand of attention
1: yeah and then it has and like she's getting death. like the doctor is getting death threats and it's like guys like you are so panicked over the sight of a human being in a mask like do yourself a favor like pop an addy take a moment like it'll be okay it's just a mask it's just a face mask but it like really pushes into this whole narrative that like people who wear masks and people who like take covid seriously are like mentally ill leftists and we should be not taking them seriously and making them like seem crazy and conspiratorial and like completely fucking irrational lily unleashed and it's like she is a doctor making a decision to wear a mask in her medical practice that, like, thank fuck is open for a moment.
2: Which reminds me um, of uh, Rupa uh, Subramanya who uh, started posting uh, reviews um, from, like, (laughs) Rate My M D of this physician that were, like, written in the past, like, two days and then went back and cherry-picked older ones that were obviously from people who read her like shitty columns and are like, there's a conspiracy, uh, against us. Why won't doctors, uh, respect my, uh, desire to take ivermectin. And, um, yeah, it, but someone pointed out that, uh, the, the, her overall rating with doctors is higher than the overall rating for, uh, Rupa's book. <laughs> so i mean no (laughs) um oh and one last thing uh, on this and then we should move on to the column did you see uh steve pakin's wife private healthcare care francesca grosso i believe her name is um talk about how the anti-masker that the doctor was debating on the agenda did such an amazing job and he was so rational i did that guy just has conflicts upon conflicts, upon conflicts of interest and uh yeah, he's not retiring anytime soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Pekin is among my least favorite like talking heads in the news space just because he gets a pass because he doesn't say anything controversial, but he interviewed Alexander Dugan on the agenda. Like that's kind of just, really cool, though. I respect that's that's, ins- like, that's absolutely wild. He just had Dugan on, and then he got in trouble a couple of years ago because he interviewed a kid that had some good things to say about Dugan. but like no one talks about the time that Dugan was on the show. Um, he's the one who who brought on Jordan Peterson in a fedora.
2: Well, yeah, multiple times, but then uh, in the big Peterson segment that that really, like, catapulted him to fame, he asked Peterson what he would do if he uh, went to jail for not using someone's pronouns, and then Peterson said, I would go on a hunger strike, and there was no follow-up. <laughs> yeah, well, no, what? I mean, scratch below the... St- I know, because... I've been in the fucking uh, the writers room at the agenda. I interned there. Paken is a fucking run of the mill right winger. He's he's just good at hiding it sometimes, but then other times,
0: he's not. So let's get into this column. Uh, this column's so so fucking stupid, <laughs> but we should probably read it.
1: Okay, here we go. Lily, school kids will have fewer COVID nineteen restrictions than many university students. <laughs> Damn, that sounds like a problem that should probably be addressed. Uh, seems like we got not. an imbalance here.
0: Maybe we should put more restrictions on uh, school kids. Maybe we should do that. Who's in charge of the, uh, the high schools and elementary schools in the, in the province? No one knows. Oh, okay. No one knows. <laughs> All right. Well.
1: It will be an odd sight next week as students head back to school those in elementary and high school will have the choice of wearing a mask in the classroom while many university students will not which like of course of course we're gonna see when kids go back to school and there isn't protections in place that they're gonna be like bullied into not wearing masks and then Mm -hmm. we're gonna see universities and like they have the plan and everyone's gonna wear a mask and they're gonna look different and like Brock University is the latest institution of higher learning to declare that some of the healthiest people on earth still need masks to protect them from COVID-19 spread.
0: I got a couple on this one. One, the still like COVID is over and not like more people died from COVID this year than any any year previous. But two, like the framing of this as like some sort of nonsense freedom thing is absolutely incorrect this is a workers rights thing for teachers this is like this is a, a work safety thing teachers have the freedom to not expose themselves to infectious diseases is that not a thing that they're allowed to do
2: well i don't know i think that um we should let the free markets uh, oh okay Never i think mind. if people don't want to get covid they should just simply choose not to
3: Mm -hmm. I love the whole uh, some of the healthiest people on Earth bit as some sort of way (laughs) to draw like uh, some sort of indication that they don't need to continue to protect themselves because that's how health works. Once you're healthy and as long as you like, I guess, exercise or something, maybe you have like a special force field where COVID can't get to you.
1: All Sorry, university students are so healthy. Like we think year. of them We think of them as people who like don't drink, don't smoke, go to a doctor regularly, don't have close contact, yeah, aren't like poor and in like shitty housing conditions. No, they're the healthiest people on earth, and the workers don't exist on university campuses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not any workers on university campuses. Not a abstract. single
0: one, not a single one. And also like the idea that, oh, all university kids are healthy. Like nobody has a uh, compromised immune system. There's no, you know, mature students returning. There's no people that um, didn't eat a uh, fruit or vegetable for six months in their first year of college like I did. It's ridiculous to just be like, you know, sources are telling me that young people are healthy. Therefore, masks are not necessary. Young means healthy. Those are the that's the same word.
1: I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously like a super unhealthy, very immunocompromised university student. And like, I'm part of a large contingent of people who I feel like we like know on campuses, you know, like there's, we're a quarter of the population or whatever. And they're like the healthiest people in the world. It's just (laughs) all of us disintegrating. It's also like them saying, I think it's really funny, Brock University is the latest to declare that that people still need masks to protect themselves from COVID. And that's like an institute of higher learning saying that. Every fucking institute of higher learning says that because all of them have researchers and every single piece of research that has come out since the start of COVID-19 has showed that Healthy people benefit from wearing masks, and that is a thing we can do. But it's like, no, Brock University, 2022, we've just discovered that some of the healthiest people in the world will have to wear a mask. Like, that's it. This is the first time anyone's heard of it, people.
0: It's incredible. Like, kudos to Brock University, you know, for solving this mask puzzle, Mm. (laughs) it <laughs> it really is preposterous because like, I mean, masks, unfortunately have been very politicized. I would say mostly by the right. Um, I'd say actually almost exclusively by the right where wearing a mask means that you're afraid of dying or something, which, I mean, I understand I'm afraid of, I don't want to die. Um, I wear a mask still, but, uh, but like this idea that it's it's some sort of horrible constraint on my life, I'm not capable of accepting that as as a thing.
1: Of course, Brock doesn't have the strictest COVID-19 rules. That honor goes to the University of Western Ontario, <laughs> followed by the University of Toronto. And like it's just, all of these sentences are so long and say nothing in them and like could just be a, a list. Oh, yeah.
0: mm. But I do think it's important that he brought up Western, uh, Western University because that is the university that he was writing about last time he wrote this column.
1: And he wrote the exact same article about <sighs> Western, who has some COVID-19 protections in place, which he I mean, says in the next line, Western is requiring all students to have at least three shots and wear a mask in order to attend class. Toronto is requiring three shots minimum to live on campus, but so far has no mask mandate. And, like, his article the week before was just about Western University using all of these exact same, like, pedantic ways of saying COVID is over. um, Liberals are fucking lunatics. Uh,
0: It's the the fact that elementary schools and, like, high school students are not going to be masked up this coming fall is going to be a disaster. Like we're going to get hit with like such a heavy wave and like I know like I like I know I'm not supposed to be like you know doom posting in the podcast but this is oh my god it's gonna be so
1: bad. I was like thinking that this would come up in the article like the difference between universities and elementary schools and high schools and it's like But it it doesn't come up, which is, like, astonishing. Um, But the difference between an elementary school is that it has 300 people. Yeah, all 300 people should be masked up. But Western and the University of Toronto are, like, two of the largest universities in North America. Like, they're entire cities. And that's Mm. so different from having several hundred people together. Like, if we let the University of Toronto and Western and, like, whatever happened, go unmasked. Like, I mean, it's going to happen. We're going to see it happen. But the University of Toronto, that's 30,000 people living in, like, shit dorms where people sleep, like, four to a room and in rooming houses and, like, are in classrooms and no one's going to be wearing a fucking mask because if we don't have the policy there, people don't follow it. And so we're just going to result in, like, mass murdering so many people And like the people who are deciding that they have to go to school or the people who are deciding, who don't get to decide because they have to go into work or have to go into a fucking healthcare facility or have to go into like wherever else. But this one precaution that Western University is taking is going to save so many lives and like everything else is just absolute like ghoulish nonsense that is going to put so much death in motion
0: yeah yeah but i mean freedom you gotta (laughs) think about that right like freedom isn't free and the the cost is dying i guess i guess we gotta die for freedom um do you want to jump back into this one
1: Yep. Uh, Each of these institutions will claim they're following the best public health advice, but Ontario's top public health official, the chief medical officer of health, said clearly this week that we don't need mandates in schools. Well, instead, Dr. Kieran Moore said the guidance he's provided schools, including being mask friendly for those who choose to wear them, but not requiring them is enough. Okay. Okay. I just want to say really fast before we get into it. But Kieran, Dr. Kieran Moore said, as soon as the health system is collapsing, we need to bring mask mandates back. And like the health system is fucking collapsed. Like I don't know where it is, if you can find it. And I'm just like, <laughs> he clearly said, he clearly said, when the health system is collapsed, that's when we bring mandates back. And like we're there. And so if we're following what Kieran Moore said, which like he's fucking terrible at his job. But he said this one thing once, well, he said many things many times ago, but most recently this line of thinking was that we're going to be, we're going to have to bring them back and now, like, any tepidness towards that is gone. And
0: I haven't, like, I know you're like, where is the health system? (laughs) Like, where's Kieran Moore? Because, like, I haven't seen him. Like, I feel like he got pushed into a broom closet and they just kind of forgot about him in there. We're just kind of twisting in the wind here. Like, I, it feels like the, uh, the Ford government feels very, very confident in their ability to just kind of push on ahead without actually listening to any uh, medical advisors. And it feels like everybody who was on the Ontario science table can't get a word in edgewise anymore.
1: No, they're gone now yeah well
2: and also i i don't know how anyone could look at the how the pandemic has unfolded over the past uh two and a half years and say oh yeah you know chief medical officers of health are totally objective and balanced and haven't uh been politicized at all. They're not, there's no political considerations. It's all just the science, right? Pure uncut science, no, no political interference. Because yeah, I mean, look at uh what happened with the science table. I mean Alberta didn't even have a science table, but our chief medical officer of health was caught repeatedly putting politics above public health, right? I I, I mean the uh, audio leaked of her saying that oh no, the uh the the government's not gonna like this, so we can't do it. Um and I haven't been following uh Ontario specific stuff as closely as uh you all have, but I, I suspect it's uh the exact same, if not uh, perhaps even worse.
1: Yeah, I mean like public health came from incredibly eugenicist origins and it like makes sense that the chief medical officer of health is like gonna be colluded and corrupt with that and also like that they're just gonna fire whoever is not working so like in bc it being what's her name i I can't remember right bonnie henry bonnie henry sorry i i confuse bonnie henry and vera etches which is the Ottawa officer of health because they serve the exact same purpose, which is like the toxic positivity Mm. that like liberals bring forward. And so it's like, not only is it like horrible and they know it's the worst thing in the universe, but they're like putting on a happy face and being like, we care about each other. Here's my 250 page book that I wrote in the height of the COVID pandemic, all on my own, when I had spare time because it was the middle of a pandemic, and I was the chief medical. Officer. And like, and then we have these both of these things happening in, in both of their provinces, and like, Kieran Moore is like infinitely more ghoulish and like scenting in a different way. It's just like eugenicist or fascist liberal cover up of it or just like straight up eugenicist fascist and so kieran moore is like go swinging the conservative route and vera etches is doing the same exact shit in bc but just like with a different with a different coding
3: yeah i'm glad you said all that because the it like i'm just going on vibes here and the vibe that i'm getting from the ontario government is that they're handling this the same way like A shitty corporation or boss would handle like hey we really care about you we're listening but ultimately we're driven by an economic agenda and we don't care how many people die we just want like no masks everything to be smooth and cohesive and things to go back to normal and everyone to go back into the office despite the fact that we have everything is different and people have a right to I don't know not you know die
1: I feel like in um in Ontario though it's like or and in conservative circles, it's also like like I think maybe the like more liberal provinces have the 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 like trying to put a facade of it being nice or like Biden being like branded together still. But in I, when it's more conservative and like in the GOP and all of those places, it is and when you get like the trolls, um, it is them saying we want Immunocompromised people dead. Like the Ford government wants people dead and wants the health system to be collapsing more than it is, so that people demand privatization because we're giving Mm -hmm. them no other option. So, like, of course we're like sacrificing so many people. Of course we're pushing the system to collapse because the privatization of our healthcare is not complete. It's like a in in progress, and COVID Mm -hmm. is just expediting it, and they know that. They know that they're murdering people. They know that people are dying. They know that they need masks and they are going forward because they want more people dead. And I think that they're being more upfront about it. I
0: think, I think you're dead on though. I mean, I'm just a simple think tank director, but like it, it's (laughs) just the way that they, they've been handling this is they've been pushing the envelope. They've been trying to put the healthcare system under the largest amount of stress it possibly can take. To then use this as an avenue to sort of shock doctrine their way into a private healthcare system, which is fucking horrible because people are dying as a result of it. I will say we are lucky that we are governed by an oaf who actually does care what people think about him and like we made him cry like a year ago. At that press conference, when everybody was screaming about the government's handling of the long-term care facilities and the COVID response, he he panicked. He had a he had a tearful press conference, and then things got better. The <laughs> the, the restrictions actually got put back in place, and so like I, I I worry this time that you know he got reelected with a with a very large mandate uh, to govern the way that he wishes. That maybe he's no longer listening the way that he used to be. But I do think that if we, we bullied Doug enough, we might actually be able to get out of this thing.
1: I mean, if, like, significant people... Because I think, like, when we made him cry, he, like, was facing <laughs> ele- an election. And that, like, might have given him some, like... Like, the dropper of, like, tear solution.
0: Right, but right, right. But
1: now we don't... He doesn't need to do that anymore. He can, like, show up and be like, let's kill a bunch of people and all of every one in the crowd is like, but more faster. (laughs) How can you kill more faster? I feel a little bit not convinced about this. Do you want me to read the next slide? Yes, yes, please. (laughs) Okay. Instead, Dr. Kieran Morris said the guidance he's provided schools, including being mask friendly for those who choose to wear them, but not requiring them is enough. At a population level across Ontario, I think these are prudent. They are practical and reasonable expectations for Ontarians to adhere to. And that we've had a high level of immunization, high levels of uptake by all Ontarios without any mandates at a population level, which is a lie. We don't have a high uptake. Like we have an 80 percent uptake (laughs) of two courses. We have a 50 percent uptake of a booster like that is really fucking embarrassing. That is so embarrassing because he's fucked it up on every single level. And like. So now we're getting our next wave of immunization. People still don't know where to go. The last immunization clinic in Ottawa was like lines outside the door of like, I can't stand in a line outside a door, like in a packed facility. Like where, where the fuck are you trying, able to get a vaccine? And I just had to provide some alternative statistics about what our actual immunization levels are because... I wouldn't say. Moore said he has reviewed the data on where COVID is in Ontario right now. He's looking at science table recommendations and doesn't think he needs to add new requirements or restrictions to keep schools safe. Now, the data that he's reviewing, Ontario is underreporting by an estimated like 60% of deaths. And Mm. so the data right now is that there's 41 people dying a day of COVID, which is so high and that is like serially underreported so like i don't know what data he's looking at
0: that's incredible like that like not like it's like awful but the fact that it's it's so high despite the fact that it's being underreported at that extent <laughs> we're, we're yeah. in so much trouble oh my that's, god that's um
1: that's from like excess mortality reporting <laughs> I will cite my sources fucking Brian Lilly never has to but I will don't you worry
0: it's it's one of those things though like guys like Lilly don't have to cite their sources because nobody ever asked them to they just want to they want to believe what they're saying regardless and so like it doesn't matter because it's more like vibes based and he will say that you know he's following the medical advice like I think yeah. he does and he's like such an arrogant piece of shit um
1: in fact, the most recent report from the science table released a week ago didn't recommend rat masking be required in classrooms. Given that schools are not isolated from communities, implementation of these temporary measures should not be done in isolation of community measures for indoor places. Wow, what a fucking solution we have there. <laughs> science table. Some, <laughs> some insight. But no, those temporary measures are not expected to be required at the start of the 2022 school year. So what the science table is saying is that we're fucked and opening schools is just going to make us extra fucked. And that's where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I'm not entirely plugged in about why the science table is being dissolved, but was there something that went on that, that people need to know about?
1: Um, There was, like, a bunch of people who left because they didn't require masks in school because they didn't um, make that happen. And then, like, they just kind of, like, stopped listening to the science table over time. And then I'm not entirely sure. But something to do with COVID is over. We don't need. COVID is over. Science is over. In the words of a recent Lily Unleashed... We're back to rational, emotion-based discussions about COVID, not discussions based on facts and science.
0: <laughs> Did he say that? Did yeah. he Oh, my God.
1: He was being facetious, but he's, he wasn't, you know?
0: No, no, it's one of those jokes that is, like, entirely the truth. He just said it with yeah. a silly voice.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're straight in the facts only facts, and then like shows an image of him crying like (laughs) to the queen um okay uh western has faced plenty of criticism for their decision to impose mandates which the school insists was a decision made after consultation with their top health officials in reality, Western's decision appears to be a concession to the faculty association, which demanded such measures, which is fucking so yes. cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's like, so good.
1: That's like, yeah, that should be the result is like workers working together and making decisions that prevent a bunch of people from dying and a bunch more people from getting long COVID. And who then at that point will probably not be able to complete their studies. And also, like, if you think that, like, a university's top health official is, like, not smarter than Dr. Kieran Moore, like, you are so full of shit because, yeah. like, that man is a doctor. I will say that.
3: What What is this thing where, like, the Ontario provincial government's stooge health officials are suddenly, like, the sacrosanct... Uh, law on all of this and who who is leveling this this criticism western has faced plenty of criticism never pointing to anyone like what some right-wing stooges the people who voted yes on your ridiculous toronto sun poll saying that we don't need masks like 85 percent of your pathetic readership listen Brian lilly the criticism being leveled at western is not valid it's leveled by stooges frankly such as yourself And you should execute some sort of journalistic tact to determine that. But, of course, you're not a credible journalist.
0: Well, it's also like just the way that Brian Lilly talks about Kieran Moore in this, uh, specifically because he's like a useful tool to use to push his nonsense talking points, is so different than the way other columnists would talk about Theresa Tam in the Toronto Sun, Mm -hmm. right? Because Theresa Tam early on in the pandemic when the federal government kind of gave a shit – Teresa Tam was saying things that actually, like, you know, put forward restrictions and like kept people from uh, gathering in public spaces and enforced mask mandates and encouraged vaccinations. And then all of a sudden it was tyranny. Mm-hmm. I would I would also like to point out that Teresa Tam is a woman
3: and that other hysterical doctor they were all talking about the other day is also a woman. Notice a little through line here also that's that's worth noting and they are absolutely using like hysterical woman tropes in both of those cases
1: wait can women be doctors (laughs) believe (laughs) it or not they can
0: i don't know i'm not a doctor Uh, i don't know these things but yeah neither am i i'm
1: not it's like i will say i will say if you are someone like myself, who meets a lot of doctors, you, like, understand where Dr. Kieran Moore's, like, pool comes from. You're like, Mm. oh. Yeah. Okay. I see. Okay. Um, The policy is full of ridiculous holes, though. At a minimum, all students, faculty, staff, and some visitors to campus are required to have been vaccinated and have one booster shot, reads the school policy, which... Visitors are required to have three shots minimum, and which aren't is rather telling. Any construction trades working on campus need to have three shots minimum, unless it's an emergency like an ev- elevator has stopped working, and then it's okay not to ask. It's like... <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it means people are stuck in an elevator. There's not enough time.
3: <laughs> I have a friend who almost died being stuck in an elevator that was flooding. So, yeah. Brian lily that i can see that use case thanks for cherry picking that yeah. sorry
0: firemen ahead. are also like firefighters are not also like stopped at the gate asking like being asked how many boosters they had if the the building's on fire
1: also there's like a difference between a policy hole and like a clearly thought out policy that has distinctions like that that is a difference <laughs>
2: well they set up this straw man right like oh this ridiculous vaccination policy oh this this tyranny you know everyone has to be vaccinated and put a mask on and then when there are leniencies within the policy to to um, allow for extenuating circumstances they say oh it's not ridiculous this tyrannical policy has holes in it and it's like well, maybe that's because it's not tyrannical. Maybe it's because people who don't write for the Toronto Sun thought it up yeah. to understand like nuances in like daily
1: life. To continue reading the policy, anyone wishing to attend a convocation will need to have three shots, but a donor or prospective donor will not. Just keep claiming you might be giving the school money and there is no need to get a third shot or any shot. Now, I think the clear answer to this whole is just funding our universities so we don't have to have a donor system. <laughs> mm-hmm. <It's> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, get the fucking rate of donors.
2: What do we like, need donors for? They interfere in
3: uh, in Palestinian uh, journalists getting hired.
2: Uh, no, sorry. She was a German uh, professor of international law who has written about Palestine. And, yeah, and Sija called up their friend who was a donor and sat on their board. And, uh, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. But, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of why a uh, university should be 100% publicly funded.
1: Also, like, of course, donors aren't going to be vaccinated. They're just, like, rich villains. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I was going to say rich assholes probably – sums it up pretty well right um it's it's also like that's where the university's priorities are unfortunately because we all live under capitalism right their goal is not to actually provide a safe space and a good education to kids it's to make money and then also do that and so like that that's the goal everything is beneath that it would be cool if any mainstream news organization was allowed to
3: criticize capitalism or point to it as like the f- main problem with any of this.
1: So, according to Brian, he'd have no problem enrolling in classes at Western, but given that his booster was about eight months ago, any medical professional would tell you that its effectiveness at this point is negligible. Okay, get a fucking booster then, Brian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the quote that he used from Kieran Moore, one second, I got I to gotta pull this up, um, kind of like justifying the fact that, you know, mask mandates aren't being used anymore. Basically said like, hey, most people have like one booster, so masks aren't really necessary anymore. Like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, yeah, we've had high levels of immunization, high levels of uptake by all Ontarians without any mandates at a population level. And so, how can he use that as an excuse to not want mask mandates, but then also say that the vaccination like requirements at Western University is ridiculous because it's not useful? It's like a tent, like a cheap tent folding in on itself. It's so shitty.
1: Like so many COVID policies imposed by all levels of government. This policy isn't based on facts, logic, or <laughs> science, no matter what they say. It's driven by emotions, mainly fear, with a goal of making people feel better that something is being done, even if it amounts to nothing more than hollow gestures. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, isn't it uh, hollow gestures? Isn't it, What was Brian Lilly saying about the queen dying? Like what what what's his view of the monarchy? Like what <laughs> Mr. Facts logic and science? What what what, what purpose is the monarchy? Um I actually don't know what he thinks of the monarchy because I am blocked on multiple accounts.
0: Oh, I was I was making fun of him for his monarchy post this morning. Sorry, let me find it. Oh yeah, he was talking about how uh, how woke haters unleash a bitter brew of bile on queen oh, elizabeth. a yeah, alliteration, Ex- right. Brian. Yeah.
3: Sorry
2: Brian. In fact, what what like facts logic and science, Brian? Where where it sounds like you're being driven by emotions.
1: Also like it literally isn't like a hollow gesture is you have tease policy where it's like having a booster protection but not having masks. Like that is a hollow gesture. And like so many of our covid policies were weird like when we opened restaurants and let people like walk through them with a mask on and then take it off like those were hollow gestures those were bad policies that like people should be upset about but like those were policies driven by economics those were policies driven with a goal of making people feel better and doing nothing and like now that we have One single policy based on facts and logic and science. God forbid. God forbid we protect people from a debilitating virus with an actual gesture, an actual evidence-based measure. God forbid. Uh,
3: (laughs) I love, like, it should be even more... Stringent for attendees, like you shouldn't be able to get a pass because you're some friggin irresponsible old stock Canadian who thinks that they're impervious to the vaccine because you're not immunocompromised, completely oblivious to the fact that you could absolutely get it and, you know, die.
1: I am so obsessed with the last line of this column, which is, I would have hoped we were past this point in the pandemic Especially at a university with a medical school. Sadly, we're not. <laughs> I am fucking. I'm emotional. I am so distraught.
0: This is like, this is manipulative, like toxic relationship stuff. I don't Seriously. Like that. That last says like, you know what? I thought you were better than this. Clearly, I was wrong. You're like, you're just... not a doctor, dude. <laughs>
3: Thanks it's for a- the paternalistic nonsense, you freak. You remind me of my parents talking about me having my best interest at heart because I smoke a fucking joint.
0: <laughs> There's also and three commas. Sorry. So
1: many. And oh.
0: like, oh,
1: oh. it's like, especially at a university with a medical school. And it's like, okay, for, like you're just giving more evidence that they should make a good decision. but But then instead we have... With a medical school.
2: Yeah, I wonder if there's any connection there.
0: Do you think he like thought about that? He was like, no, no, no. The medical school has the bad COVID policy. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. They'll believe me.
2: No, well, of course. I mean, Dr. Ryan Lilly uh, disagrees (laughs) with it. Does medical degree at Prager U.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's a freedom doctor. Um, Brian Lilly, like for, for the amount of content that he writes, you think like once or twice he would write something good, but never like consistently this bad.
2: Well, Always. I think with the, we, the, wee scandal, he, he did uh, a few pieces of actual journalism, which, you know, blew my mind. But again, it's only because it, reflected unfavorably on the liberals right there's no like integrity there well
0: i, I mean i i don't want to get too stuck on on brian Lilly being you know completely just uh using whatever he can to throw shit at the people that he doesn't like but it's the same reason that he's talking about kieran moore positively right like it's just like oh this is something that i can use to then get my shitty ideas across um,
1: yeah and like I think like his shitty idea in this one in this column in the column before was that and like in uh their 18 different videos of like campus conservatives for christ being like our freedoms um I don't actually know if people in the videos are from conservatives for christ I don't know if that's a student group just to be clear campus
2: um, for christ is
1: yeah. okay okay <laughs> um like, I know
2: because I was a member
1: Shut up, shut up. There are like 28 articles on this and they're like Campus Conservatives for Christ messaging and whatever is all because they're like trying to get the, the provincial government more involved in the university and have more ability to make changes over it. And like we saw this early in the Ford administration when they tried to get student unions to stop having to pay um, student union fees to collapse the union. And like this is just another effort of the Ford government trying to like finagle schools more so that they're doing like more conservative shit and more training and less academia and research and thinking um, and more just computing. Um, and like that's where we're going with this. We're going with greater provincial government involvement in universities. And, like, stricter penalties for people having, like, um, pandemic protections in place. Like, we saw in Calgary, a school district was, like, trying to outlaw um, air purification devices that, like, from having them in the classroom. Like, that's, that's where we're going. And that's, like, what we see with Lily's Columns and, like, all of this, the 30-person protest that they had in response to this, you know?
0: it is like incredible how the freedom people, the people that love freedom so much also want to control everything that we do and like control what we think and control what people say and how things are taught. And like, it's that old conservative trope that, you know, schools are run by Marxists and there's Marxist students and Marxist professors. And there's, they're just talking about Marx all the time, but it's like, I feel like universities are inherently conservative institutions. There's there's professors like Jordan Peterson, Bruce Party that exist in Canada. Um, there's a whole executive leadership team that is really well.
2: Jordan Peterson's not professor anymore because <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, former former professor Peterson, but like Present Bruce Party, Martyr. yes,
3: yes, John Tortorella d- blamed one of his late player like his practice one of his players was like late to practice and he said i'm not saying he quilled the, killed the queen okay i'm just saying travis konecki was late to practice yesterday and i'm not sure where he was did he <laughs> say that what... said.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. that's a good segue actually so at this point in the show we try and like shake off the column that we read and i, I know there's like a lot of doom attached to that one because it's about our non-existent covid policy in ontario but We do a thing that we like to call plugs and wrecks, where we talk about pieces of media that we either wrote or we read or watched or played um, that we'd like to recommend to our listeners. So I'm going to let Jeremy go first, because I know Jeremy's been hard at work on The Orchard. And then I'll pass it over to you, Megan.
2: My recommendations are... Uh, Well, I, uh, you know, I'm going to recommend The Orchard all day, every day on uh, Substack. That's my newsletter. I uh, just dropped a piece uh, today about the uh, Chilean uh, constitution that was voted down um, and uh, some analysis of that uh, based on uh, sort of why the constitution failed and what role uh, Canadian mining interests may have played in helping it fail. Uh, so, I'd recommend you check that out. Also, by the time this episode's out, I uh, should have a piece down in Jacobin about UCP leadership frontrunner Danielle Smith. Although I saw the first poll um, showing that she's not in the lead today. So, uh, we'll see about that. But I, I'm pulling for Danielle. I think she can win. She's going to Uberify
0: um, healthcare, which will be awesome. Um, it's, it's Uber for healthcare.
2: Yeah. Um, So there's that in terms of things other people have written. There's this crazy story uh, in Global News by uh, Charles Rosnell and Jenny Russell about how the Calgary Police Service um, hired uh, people, experts from this fake university that uh, has a professor who advocates for uh, breathing exercise to cure impotence to give uh to train police on dealing with ptsd so that is a uh a wild ride I, i'd recommend you check that out Rosnell and russell always uh their stories are always uh worth reading uh they used to be at cbc and then they rage quit and now write for like the taiyi and global and other places so yeah i should
3: start writing things and then leave my good <laughs> <wording> job but sorry
2: <laughs> Well, that's what i've been doing for the past year and uh let me tell you it's uh i mean you can make it work you just have to like make it work
3: you
0: know yeah you could also do just couple... do like eight million jobs like me that's also fun yeah you should
2: work five jobs
0: um <laughs> megan did you see anything or read anything or write anything that you would like to let our audience know about
1: yeah the first ever uh special issue uh or disability justice special issue of briar patch just came out and um i have two articles in it one of them is called fighting for the right to fuck and it's about sex and institutions and the other one is oh my god i don't know the name of it um they feed us like caged animals it's three food reviews from people who are incarcerated in a nursing home a continuing care facility and a long-term care home and it's like my writing's fine it's like there but the, the the reviews that the reviewers did is amazing and you should definitely check it out there's also like a bunch of other great articles interview with leah lakshmi and jasper poire and oh a really amazing piece one of my favorite pieces in it is um kelly fritch and danielle Pierce's piece on terry fox and the freedom convoy and just like a fun icon ruining piece that i think goes back to some really great like Connections between fascism, white supremacy, eugenics, and ableism. And I I really recommend it. And also just, you know, it's funny.
0: My recommendations. uh, In light of recent events, um, I would recommend one article about the Queen. um, And it's by a writer by the name of Sachi Kuhl, who's from Calgary, but I think is in New York now. She writes for BuzzFeed News. Uh, She wrote a column titled the queen represented racist violence as much as she did glamour and then the the kicker oh, on that is as an indian canadian i'll be sad about the queen once she gives us back our diamonds and it is so good sachi is like such a good writer uh, she she says exactly what she means to say it's funny but it's also very biting I would also recommend Invisible Institutions. I think it's a great podcast. Um, it's by someone by the name of Megan Linton, who you've been listening to on our podcast. It is, it's what, six episodes? Seven episodes. Seven. Seven episodes. Are you coming out with a new season sometime we'll soon? We'll
1: be coming out with some, uh, some stuff. Not a full new season yet, but there'll be some episodes. Okay. A pepper ring. <laughs>
0: Cause like, I mean there's like 8 million shows on Harbinger and I, I try and listen to them all but I, I listen to the first episode and I'm like oh okay well I'm just going to listen to the next six and I, I thought it was really really good um, we could use more good audio out in the world okay I guess that brings us to the end of the episode though. <laughs> um, Megan thank you so much for joining us I know it was, it's a bit of a slog reading a Brian Lilly column piece by piece
1: no it was, it was so much fun thank you so much for having me yeah, great
2: to meet you, Megan.
0: Yeah, and come back anytime. Um, you're always welcome.
1: Just so many takes.
0: Just it's almost too many takes.
3: An ocean of terrible punditry this country is.
0: Yeah. Okay. Bye. 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 it's big
2: shiny takes the only anti-free speech podcast big shiny takes screening garbage for your brain it's big shiny takes with jeremy eric and marino big shiny takes are sure to entertain are sure to entertain